When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with sexy, moody, nasty Catherine Brandt. <laughs> what? Well, Andy Brandt Bernard and Mike Bryant. What the hell does that mean? I was on the Peloton today listening to rap. Oh, so God. I've got all kinds of things. <laughs> Beyonce has taught me. I listened to, after I heard you listen to rap, I heard D-I-V-O-R-C-E, divorce. I was doing some Tammy Wynette. Started listening to rap, I'm out. Oh, for heaven's sake. I'm out. I'm out Grow of up. Grow up and get with the times. We'll take a break. Be right back. Ferez Las calling in. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with the family. Divorce. You want to do a live, Pally? <laughs> sure. It's cold. Mike Bryant. Brad John Bryant. It's cold, so you got to give yourself a half a tank of gas for sure and not go below that. You got to give yourself time and you got to not speed around everywhere because there's some slippery roads on occasion. All the roads are pretty dang good right now, mm -hmm. but there are some back roads that are slippery, and if you get going too fast, you end up with problems. Oh, damn it. I thought you were going to go Walzer.com. <laughs> Walzer.com. <laughs> I knew it. Michael I had a Bryant. great experience there. I went in and got my car, uh, oil change last week, and they said an hour, and I was done in 24 minutes in and out. See? Mm -hmm. See? Yeah, it was you great. You mentioned you knew Dougie. No, I don't do that. It's probably why you got out of there quickly, because you didn't <laughs> mention Dougie. <laughs> They're like, they throw it in the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get it for another three months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, right there. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Well, was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. <laughs> By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. i never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know when Ferez is ready to go, if you would. I think he's calling in right now. All right, let me know, let me know. So I was just talking to Michael Bryant off the air about uh, we had Frankie V call in this morning because he said uh, he said erection when he meant insurrection <laughs> on wow. the air. So we talked to him about that. And then uh, that go over? <laughs> former Governor Tim Pawlenty called in and said, yeah, well, remember I said drop the... <clears throat> Puck, only yep. I didn't say puck. Mm -hmm. So we're laughing about that. And then a guy after that called in and said he was the mayor, the, the governor of Minnesota, Tim Wall. So I interviewed him for seven minutes, and I asked him his his rank when he left the uh, left the army, the Army National Guard, and he said lieutenant. And everybody knew that he was uh, actually a, a major, major a master sergeant. That's master what it's sergeant. A master sergeant. But uh, the guy did a great impression of of uh, Governor Walls. But the great thing about it is. 
that because I assumed it was indeed Governor Walls, I treated him the way I would treat him, which mm-hmm. was with dignity and respect. So it, it proves to everyone that I'm not lying. I was just not trying to get him on so I could go after him. I was very polite to him, which I would be. So it was a win-win, I guess. Well, hopefully the guy got to pull one over on me, and I could Ferez pull one over on him. Finds that very comforting that you don't have people on just to be mean to them. <laughs> yeah, Ferez, I'm going to be mean to you, though. I'm be, I've no, just decided. Don't do it. <laughs> Ferez, last marvelously well. How are you doing, Ferez? Oh, amazing, man! Fantastic. You're doing that well. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. As a matter of fact, because Mayor of Kingstown <laughs> has taken off. Ferez, last. You do pronounce your last name last, do you not? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, wanted to make sure. Ferez Lass, who's starring the mayor of Kingstown on Paramount Plus with Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler. Ferez Lass plays P-Dog. Now, I wasn't going to say that, Ferez, because our dog is in the studio, and if I say P-Dog, he probably will. <laughs> no, Jim. <Jude. Yeah. laughs> you know what hey, I mean? Hey, we got a pretty obedient dog there. He's, that's talent right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is talent right there, man. Where are you from originally, Ferez? Where did where, where'd you grow up, Ferez? I grew up in uh, South Boston, Virginia. Boston. Yep. Very uh, country, rural town. Man, you know, tobacco, uh, oh. like I said, farms, chopping wood, all that good stuff. Excellent. Then the show's doing very, very well, correct? Absolutely. Doing very, very well. Um, and once again, we still haven't hit our peak. You know, I, I think a lot of people right. are just still finding out about the show. There's some right, great so actors on that when you yeah. look at the list. Holy cow, you guys are packed. Yes, yes. Amazing list of actors. And then even even if, you know, it's someone that's not maybe as known, um, they still bring so much to the pot. So it's all around is great. And all of them are great people as well. Well, see, I'm glad to hear that. That's how things should be. I think, Ferez, to tell you the truth, whether it's somebody talking about their coworkers or whatever, we need to get off these these television news people and just say, hey, look, man, we need to get along a lot better than we do. So you congratulated and tipping the cap to your coworkers. I, hey, it's only a good thing, man. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, and that's what makes it, uh, that, cohesiveness, that cohesiveness makes it better. It makes it great, you know, like that's yep. what, especially with art. Well, with, I guess with anything, right? But especially with art, because you guys are relying on each other to give and give to each other. And if you don't have that, then you just have to create this whole thing. and It's just not as good. And, you know, the, the consumers of your art are the people that suffer the most. So Yeah, there you go. God, I was just looking at the, uh, the entire deal here. Uh, co-creator Hugh Dillon, along with... Uh, Taylor Sheridan, uh, you got Jeremy Renner, Antoine Fuqua's in it, David C. Glasser, Ron Burkle, Bob Yeri, Michael Friedman. I mean, you're loaded, pal. Loaded, man. Loaded. Do, do you get, um, do you get, to, spend, yeah. do you get oh, to spend as much time with other actors with COVID as you, like you did, you know, a couple years ago before it? No, you don't. Um and then, you know, everybody everybody in this time now, um, which rightfully so, but a lot of people are so, um, I don't know, afraid but cautious is the best word. You know, everybody's very, very, very cautious. You have a few people who are not as cautious, and you, know, you may be able to meet up, but I think everybody just, they're staying with their tribe of who they already know, and that's who they trust, you know. So, um that's kind of where the acting industry is right now from, from where I understand it to be. Now, Ferez, coming from where you came from, how, how did you get involved in acting? Did you always want to be an actor? No, uh, I didn't know that it was a, I didn't know that it was real. You yeah. know, as, as a kid, right. I just thought these are people on TV. You know, I was like, oh, this is a screen, it's people, okay, they are great. Uh, or something, you know, I, that's a real job. So I never considered it. But I was always like a very um, outgoing, funny, animated kid, uh, even all throughout uh, high school. I actually got a best sense of humor in high school because I used to tell my teachers and stuff. So, you know, always just a fun personality, uh, very respectful, still always respectful. I always came up that way. But I did everything else. 
uh, that you can think of, man. Any job that you can probably name, I've done it. From roofing to painting to managing to going to the military, working overseas, whatever. I've done it all, and I did all of that to come back to to acting. And uh, it's one of those things where you, you find your calling, you find your passion, and you can't let it. It, it has a hold of you, and you have a hold of it, you know? So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one, of the, one of the great things, what you just said, and, and, and that's one of the reasons I asked you that question, because you answered it perfectly. You show people respect. They show you respect. You work hard. They'll try to work harder. We only hope. I mean, it sounds like you really, you must have good parents, or at least a good mother, good father, something, because you're a very respectful guy. I, I admire that. Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, you know, coming up from the country, we all have to respect each other. I mean, uh, I came up old school, as people would say. So uh, I can't get into what old school necessarily means, but you know, that's that's how I came up. So um, I had a, I did have a great support system uh, as a family. Um, you know, my grandma always kept me in church, and my dad, you know, um, my uncles, but it was always grounded in you know in a good foundation and. And, and you respected everybody's everybody on. You got back to your mom, or you got oh. back to my grandma, and your dad, or somebody. You know, you know what I mean. So I know exactly you what you're respect- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So. See, I just think that's wonderful. That if, uh, look, a lot of people in your position, you're on a hit show, you're doing very, very well. A lot of people get carried away. You seem to be. I we've never talked before, but you seem to be very well grounded and and being on. You know, a, such a hit show. It sounds like it made you even more grounded. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I feel like the the more grounded and the more thankful you you are, the more mm-hmm. you're able to receive. And the people who receive the most are the people who give the most. So you have to give. And and I think just me once again, I just want to stay rooted in love because I want everybody to know that. You can do it, and you, you can be something no matter where you come from. Yeah, so. no question about that. You know, if it was many, many years ago, when I was 19 years old, I, got, I had to go in for hernia surgery because I, I decided to go after the weightlifting and went after it too hard and gave myself a hernia, right? Now, this is a long, this is 1970. Uh, I'm a little older than you are. This is 1970. I was 19 years old. I go in for, for surgery, and uh, I have to remember that was just a year or two after the entire United States burned in 67 and 68. And the entire United States was on fire. Right? So I go in the hospital, and they're wheeling me in. And, uh, and I'm on the, on the little gurney there, and they're pushing me in. And one of the, one of the nurses uh, was uh, a black woman, and she looks down at my book I'm reading. The book I'm reading is, is called Black Power. I was reading about all these different subjects and, you know, trying to cover all. So I would have knowledge about everything. And she looks down and she says, because, you know, right. I'm a white, I'm a, I'm a white 19-year-old kid. And this black woman looks down and she says, you reading that book? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, you got to remember one thing. Uh, you better be careful about what you read because the more you read, the more they'll whip your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget. <laughs> I thought it was, she cared. I mean, the whole thing, Ferez, is that she cared about how I was treated. What a wonderful woman. Yes. Yes. That's how it should be. Yes, man. I, that's how, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. That's how it should be, man. You should yep. love, love each other. Love each other. I agree. Yes. No, I do want to hear about that's, your character. That's what? one thing I do. Oh, yes, sir. No, no, no. I want One thing you do is what? Oh, no, no. Oh, oh, no, I was going to say, one thing I will say is, I mean, um, I do, I, I I love some things of the yesteryears in that it's a lot of, it seems like a lot of people, we took care of each other differently. Like, I know, like, on the street yep. that I grew up on, like, you know, if something happened to one kid, everybody in the neighborhood knew or they would tell what happened. You know, your kid was going to be taken care of. I, I never had to worry about that. And right. in today's society, the, the mindset seems to be every man for itself. And that's just such a dangerous, dangerous place to be. You know, and that's why I was from just, just attributing that to your story. Like, that's, it's amazing. No, it's, it, she was watching out for me. She never met me in, in, in her entire life, but she cared enough about other human right. beings to say, hey, be careful. 
That's all she was saying. I thought it was absolutely terrific. I, I did. I, th- I thought it was absolutely terrific. So, Ferez, tell me a little bit about your uh, about your character. Where's the character from? What's he all about? Um, so, P Dog, um, he didn't necessarily have a backstory. I created one for him, but he, oh, okay. he just basically comes from. And this is this is where it taps into like the social economical things. Uh, he came up in gang culture. Um, and so in gang culture, they live by a certain code. It's, it's like anything else, you know. Uh, they, they like we, Some people may have a code as friends. You, you got your, I got your back, you got my back. Uh, it's like that in gang culture, just a little different. He, that's what he, came, he comes from. Um, he had some success in football, and then he, you know, made a decision and got put in prison for murder. And um, what he's doing, what, what he's really there in prison doing is fighting for rights. He's, he's really just bringing humanity to the show. And I think that's why he's such an interesting character because, yes, you know, he's a gangster. Yes, he's a crip and these things. Uh, well, crips wouldn't say gangster, excuse me. Yes, you know, he's a crip. Um, but he also, uh, and you can look at him and say he's a hardened criminal. Very true. And he's also fighting an honorable fight because he's just fighting to be treated like a human being. And a lot of people on the outside of that do have a, uh, they have some type of judgmental um, thought about, you know, people who are locked up. And some people feel like they don't, they're mean, they shouldn't even have rights. Some people feel like they're less than humans. And at the end of the day, people made decisions. They got them locked up. Yes. And they still should have their rights as people. As we all should. So. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. The one thing for us right now that I don't like a whole lot is there are people that think they're very highly educated and they know they have all the answers. To me, Ferez, it makes no sense that if you treat somebody poorly because of their skin color and then the next generation treats them much better because of their skin color, there's very little difference to me because you're judging people based solely on their skin color, which is a huge mistake. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. I agree it's with ridiculous. that, man. I think that, um, yeah, yeah, it is. I think that at the end of the day, we have to love the person. You know, people, people yep. are people. And yep. I think the, the sooner we realize that we can, I mean, of course, there are some things that with race relations, with race sure. relations that are different, yep. and that's cultural. And that, and that just means that you have to educate yourself from a cultural aspect. Um, and, what I will say is when you learn to appreciate other cultures, you learn to have more appreciation for your own as well because mm-hmm. you understand the differences. But overall, I think we just have to love people as people, man, and be willing to understand the cultural differences and embrace those things. I could not agree more. What? How old are you, Ferez? Uh, 34. God, you're pretty bright for a 34-year-old guy, I'll tell you that. Very well educated. <laughs> For a 34-year-old, I like that. Just a, just Most 34-year-olds are dumb. Well, no, Perez, the, the, Perez, the reason I said that is because our son Andy is on the show, and he's thirty. He's 35. He's only one year older just than you. Just turned 35, so. yeah. He just turned 35, so that's one of the reasons I said that, Perez. <laughs> Perez, what did you do? Thank you. Congratulations, man. 35. <laughs> I made it. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you. Perez, what did you what did you do to get involved or to to get background on being a crip or or the the background Ooh. for for the acting? Good question. Um well, I'm a method imagination actor. So for me, um I I was I was calling around to the prison to see if I could just speak to someone who was uh a crip and I was going to go to the prison and just talk to them every day. Um and then I, I lucked up and one of my good friends, Marquita Goins, a great, brilliant, brilliant actor out of Atlanta. She, her boyfriend at the time, um, put me in touch with one of my good friends. And me and him are good friends now. Um, mm. His name's Tylo. And so Tylo and I met up. Tylo's a crip. He's a, you know, one of the big homies, one of the big crips out here. And I went down to the uh, Rolling 60s uh, set of crips. And we hung out for like, Three weeks, 
And I just learned from them. I mean, I already had a lot of the character that I was building outside of that, but then I got more relaxed in it because I saw that a lot of things, that, a lot of the nuances that I had, a lot of my instincts were already, they were right. But going there solidified that and made me more confident in who I was as a character. What kind of reaction and, have you gotten now Now that you've, you know, they've been able to see you? Everybody loves it. They're, they're like, hey, man, you're believable. You're scary. You know, um, I believe that you're a crib. Um, and that's what I wanted. I just wanted to be authentic because I wanted someone who is a crib to say, dang, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see this guy. This guy, I, I've seen this guy, you know, on, on the block. I've seen him before. So in order to do that, I need to go there. You know, I, I think everybody understands what struggle is. Um, because struggle is relative to the person. But I think that understanding somebody's struggle is different. And so to go there to that particular place and see what it's like just to be out there and to, and the, and the fear and, and looking over your, your shoulder sometimes and, you know, all those different elements and understanding that the enemy gang is over here and you may be close by and do you have anybody else you could call if something was to happen? I mean, all these things. Um, play a part in the character. And because this would be stuff that he would have um, dealt with in childhood. Um, so that's one part of it. That's in that aspect. And then me just making up several circumstances. I used to, I would put myself in a closet and just sit in there for an hour or whatever and just imagine that I'm in my cell. Hmm. Uh, so when I got to the jail, it wasn't, it was a familiar space because I've seen it already so many times in my mind that I didn't feel, it actually felt like I'd been there before. So um, all of that, man, and then creating a story. You know, creating a story is such the biggest thing. You know, it's the biggest thing, creating a story in the imagination and giving yourself freedom. And that's what I did. That's what I did. So turned out good. That is one. Now I I want to read this. The series follows the McCluskey family, power brokers in Kingstown, Michigan, where the business of incarceration is the only thriving industry. An intriguing story tackling themes including systemic racism, flawed prison systems, corruption, inequality. Mayor Kingstown provides a stark look at their attempt to bring order and justice to a town that has neither. It's a little tough to do that in a town that, that makes all their money from a prison system. That's probably a hard, hard job ahead of you. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, because, but you know, it touches on so many, so many truths. Um, because you have, you have, like, once again, you have um, police corruption, and, and once again, a lot of the police there or the guards look at these inmates as less than. You know, you're a prisoner. Right. Right. I don't care what your rights are, and how can I benefit from this? Well, if we lock it down, if we do these things, I get extra overtime, and that's money that I can put in my pocket for my family. Because they don't, I don't care about them, those guys. Um, and then some people getting set up. I mean, just a lot of different things that happen. You know, once again, though, people have made decisions to go on the inside, so we we can't dismiss that. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of it. A lot of the business, and, and it's one of those places where your mom. Your aunt, your cousin, your friends, mom, somebody works at the prison. You know somebody there. So everybody is affected by those prisons in that place. And what Mike McCluskey is doing, Jeremy Renner, uh, Jeremy, Renner's, Jeremy Renner's character, what he's doing is he's the liaison between the two. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to hold the bridge together. But it's going to snap anyway at some point. And... He kind of, kind of falls down with it, you know. So, um, yeah, that's it's an amazing show. So, Ferez, when you walked on the set that first day, is it a little unnerving? You walk in there and here they are. You got your Kyle Chandler's, your Jeremy Renner's, your Antoine Fuqua. Were you nervous? I wasn't nervous. Um, Good. This is if okay. So I'll say this: I was a I was a bit at first, and then. Once I got there, um, I just told myself I, I, I can't do that because <laughs> right. for the character, I have to be, I have to be. This guy exudes confidence. So um, I would say my first day, I was a little like, ah, oh, okay, I'm cool. I got this. 
because you just want to do a great job. And then I, I met a guy here. And he, I met a guy there, though, and the funny thing about it was he was just, like, so excited to work with me. And I was like, this guy doesn't know me. You know, there's no way he knows who I am. But it, he was, he was, it was like I could see myself in him and where I was and where I am now. But it's not that much of a difference between us. It's just a yes and no. That's the difference. Well, did, Somebody said yes. Did you just, and did you just flex it, some? And, and I le- it leveled me out. Say it again. Did you just flex some? Because you look like you're a lot bigger than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I worked really hard, man. When I first got this role, I was 170 pounds. Wow. Ooh. When I man. first got it, because I went, yeah, I had, I went vegan at the top of the year, and I gained 30 pounds for the role. So I went, I went back and hit the weights hard. Um. I ate everything in the refrigerator and, and outside and in the stove, and I gained I gained it. So, it, but that but that's why I got I kind of got big like that. I think it's a wonderful story. I'd be watching Mayor of King. Now, Ferez, I want to give you a line that I want you to use on the uh, Mayor of Kingstown at some point as a gangbanger because <laughs> this actually this actually happened to me, but it was a great line. I thought I was walking down the uh, hallway. As a 16-year-old kid at North High School in Minneapolis, and there's this gigantic mm-hmm. guy. He's about six. I mean, this is in high school now. I'm 16 years old, and this guy is a senior, yeah. and he's like six three, probably weighs about 240. He's put together, right? He comes up to me, goes, "Hey, yeah. Tommy." I said, "Yes, sir." Yeah, Ralph. He goes, "Tommy, I got to tell you something." I said, "Okay, what's that?" Now I want you to use this in the show, Ferez. Okay, you ready? Because you're a ga- yeah. you're a banger in the show, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He walks. He walks up to me. He goes, Tommy. I said, Yeah. He goes, I'm gonna tell you something. Say, What do you want to tell me? He goes, Man, you are really funny, but don't you ever make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ralph. We'll get that done. (laughs) We'll get that taken care of. (laughs) Exactly. You are excluded from all the jokes. Don't worry. Don't you worry. (laughs) <laughs> You're on the outside, my friend. You're on the outside. I w- I'll take care of you, I promise. <laughs> Ferez, I really, really like uh, the way uh, you think, the way you carry yourself, you comport yourself. You must have a great family. I uh, have just become a, a, fa- a fan of Mayor of Kingstown because of you, and I'll be watching every episode. So please come back soon. I'd love to talk to you again, sir. Man, likewise, and man, bless- peace and blessings. Blessings to your family. Thank you guys for having me, and I can't wait to come back again so we can have a more in-depth conversation. And I won't make funny, I promise. (laughs) 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 Thank you for us. Great talking to you, sir. Have a good day. Great talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll be right back after this break. The family. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in 
quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Tom here to tell you that MyPillow is the best and getting better. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has an amazing offer on MyPillow towels, 100% USA cotton, originally $109.99, and now a flash sale for $39.99. For a limited time and 60-day money-back guarantee, head to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Promo code KQRS. Get this great offer and check out the deep discounts on other products. MyPillow.com, enter promo code KQRS. MyPillow.com, promo code KQRS. QRS. Welcome back to the country show. I like that music right there. What is that? That is uh, Rick Lindy. Oh, that's right. It's Rick Lindy. That's mm-hmm. right. <clears throat> I like that song. So I just want to tell you that Catherine and I during the break were talking about Ferez Lass and the fact that he is grateful to be where he is. Very smart kid. But the gratitude part of it is, is the part I, I just don't want anybody listening to, to walk away from because this is a kid, 34 years old. He could have the massive ego, and I'm the greatest thing that ever happened, and you people need to know how wonderful I am and blah, blah, blah. It's not how he is at all. He's, he's grateful for what he's done. He's grateful for what he has. I, it's a magnificent uh, example for everybody else, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just I love that guy. What a, I know. what a great guy. It's nice a, to hear about people who's when their lives are going well that they're happy about it. I know. Yeah. It's exactly. A Most people event. it's like they can't be happy no matter how successful and exactly. powerful they are. Oh yeah, and then if you have some success, boy, they hate your guts yeah. for that. Oh. Not everybody. No, like I'm talking that. about those people. The, the people that don't appreciate their own success. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. If you're successful and they don't appreciate their own success, then you're really a bad guy. Well, a lot of great people in that show. So, oh God, have you seen any of it, Michael? No, I haven't yet. Um, but at looking at it, it's one. Of, it's one of those I want to see. I just finished up Hawkeye, um, so I want to. I want to see that. So, and now that I look at who's on it, I, I've always liked Kyle Chandler and Aiden Gilliam yep, is a too. great actor. Holy cow, is that guy great? You know? <laughs> no, I agree. We got Joe on the phone. Apparently, he uh, wants to talk about the governor call. Hey, oh, yeah, the governor called where he, the guy said he was, he was lieutenant and everybody knew he was a master sergeant when he got out. <laughs> yeah, you know, the great thing about that is that, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought it was the governor, and I, I'm sorry I put him on. I said, don't be sorry you put him on. All you did was prove our point that if the governor did come on, he would be treated with respect. So nothing bad came from that call. It didn't bother me in the least. Oh, you'll, you'll treat him with respect, but it's your listeners have a shred them. Well, there is that. Not it's all true, of them. But see, yeah. yeah, not all of them. But I mean, I mean, I'm in a situation where I don't. If, if somebody's kind enough to call in and be on your show, I don't know why you'd want to treat them. Oh, that's so, true. So basically, it's a situation where I assume that it wasn't really the governor because he didn't even know what his rank was when he was in the in the Army National Guard. You know, even, but, I don't think the, even the governor knows what what rank he was. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> he knows all about his experience in the guard. I, I was, I was kind of caught off guard a little bit. You know, you guys were, I think I missed it where he said lieutenant. And you were talking about him being a sergeant major. And then um, Zepp said no. They, they would not consider call themselves an officer. I'm like, well, maybe he said non-commissioned officer. And, and somebody just missed non-commissioned because... That's basically what a sergeant major is, is a non-commissioned officer. We call him right. non So I hopped onto his wiki page, and it says his highest rank attained was command sergeant major, yet he retired as a master sergeant because he didn't finish the sergeant major schooling. Um, then his highest rank attained was not master, uh, not sergeant major, but master sergeant. 
Oh, see, that's what I thought, and that's what I kept saying was Master Sergeant. Yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I look, the guy's imitation was close enough. I, I've never talked to Governor Walls. <clears throat> I've never been around him, so I don't know anything about him. But his voice sounded enough like him for me. I mean, he sounded a lot like Governor Walls, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like um, Barron calling in for Trump for Bob Sansevier. Who is that? Oh, you remember that was different because that was actually Trump calling in saying he was Baron. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's right. different. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I said, kind of like. <laughs> we got to get a show with Joe and Michael going after <laughs> each other to be perfect. It work work like a charm. But yeah, I, I like I said, I, I know that a couple of guys in the show were up says, "Oh, I'm sorry about this." You don't have to be sorry about that. You didn't know any more than I did, and and look. I just proved to the world that I didn't lie, that if we ever did have Governor Walls on, I'd treat him with respect. So nothing bad happened because of that call. If it was a fake guy, there was a fake guy. Nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. But I made my point, and that's all I care about. Right? right? Right. You know, what the hell? Everybody learned something. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I'll be an imbecile on social media and, oh, what a, what a fool, what a moron that Bernard is. Yeah, well, that's true, but not in this particular instance. If you know yeah, what I'm I'll take it, but not all the way. <clears throat> I'll take it, but not all the way, exactly. I don't know. It was a great call. I just love the fact that that uh, Frank Vassalero was on the show this morning, and then, uh, then former Governor Tim Pawlenty calls in to tell him, you stole my thunder because I, it's time to drop the uh, puck with an F instead of a P. But, you know, hmm. I love those shows. I, I really do. I love those shows when our listeners call in uh, – our friends call in. Uh, it just it really works well for me. Like you're calling in right now, Joe. Yes, sir. See? So what else is happening? Oh, not much. I just wanted to, um, I'm not making an announcement that um, after all this time, the Army has seen fit to promote me to Captain Corporal of the Kitchen. Hmm. And Dr. The Rear Admiral. Congratulations. Wait a minute. What? Run that by <laughs> me again. <laughs> Doc is a rear admiral. I knew that. I knew that part. You didn't have to tell me that part. But in any case, all right, Joe. All right. Well, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate your support, Pally. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Later. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe of Louisville. It's not Joe from Louisville. It's Joe it's of Louisville because his family lives in Invergrove Heights. So there you go. So what do you think of that whole deal? No. no you said, Michael, that you didn't hear the interview. I did not hear the interview. I, somebody texted me and bad. told me that you'd, that you'd talked to him, and then I texted him just saying, you know, I heard that was a good call, so I'll, I'll find out from him if it was really him. All right. Tim. Tim Walls, call in right now. What the <laughs> hell's the number? I don't even know the number. Let's go. 561... Uh, do I got to pull it up? 228-something. 228-something. <laughs> yes, see, exactly. the podcast We need number. to just put it... Actually, I have it idea. used to be up. It is 561-228-4061. All yep. right, Governor Walls, call in right now. You heard me. Now watch that guy. I'll call in again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same guy. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it, I don't get upset by saying, you know, why Jay let him on? I said, it wasn't Jay's fault. Jay yeah. thought he was doing his job. It's not his fault. It was, didn't, what did it do, some massive damage that I don't know about? No. Calm it doesn't down. sound like the guy said anything that was, like, bad or crazy no. or anything, so. Yeah. No, he actually played the, go- the role of governor quite well and said, Tom, you got to come over. You and Catherine have to come over for dinner at the governor's residence again sometime because I know you used to go over there with Governor uh, Palenti. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, he said all the right things. He knew what the hell he was saying. And I told him about time watching Governor Palenti and Ken Herbeck play bubble hockey, and you would have thought it was the World <laughs> Series, for Christ's sake. Honest to God, they both took it very they seriously. Were, oh God, Who won? They were sweating. Who won? Oh, God. I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, it was like 20 years ago, wasn't it? It's a long time ago. But you were there, right, Andy? Yeah, I was. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I'm, I'm very, very happy about is uh, the Catherine and the, the kids and I, the four of us, got to go have dinner at the residence of the governor of the state of Minnesota. It's a hell of a long way to go from Plymouth and 4th Street to the governor's residence, yeah. don't you think? I remember Mary Palenti uh, getting, <clears throat> getting grief because she bought some new bedspreads. 
What? Spreads. Yeah. She's like, Jim is so cheap, he won't let me spend any money. <laughs> <laughs> I bought some new bedspreads. Thought he was going to have a fit. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever you ever gone over there and had dinner with the Governor Walls, uh, Michael? I have not. I have oh, not, not had. Okay. I've never. I've. I think I was in the mansion. Yeah, I was in the mansion when when uh, Perpich was governor. Um, oh, that's sure. the only oh, yeah, time he I've invited been, us over too. It's the only time I've been in the mansion. Um, I've been in the governor. He was he was, was governor. governor. He was Rudy governor before Burbage. before Anderson. Um, and I've been in the Anderson? office. Oh, you don't know Anderson either. <laughs> okay, okay, young whippersnapper. Um, and I've been in the office, the governor's office, a number of times over at the Capitol. So, but uh, no, I have not had dinner. I've you not know. had that chance. And I remember Andy was over having dinner with Floyd B. Olson. Floyd B. Floyd B. Put a hundred years No money for your farm. The first Nothing. governor I remember is Jesse. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a big deal. <laughs> that was a big deal. Yeah, everyone was he, very into that. They lived that. pretty close to us. and we. That's yeah. true. His daughter actually babysat you a couple yeah. times. Arnie yeah, Carlson, I don't even recognize that name. <clears throat> yeah. Even Arnie's though he was governor. Alive. I was 13 years old fan. when he left office, so you'd think I would have remembered him, but nope. Big gopher you know, fan. Yeah, let me tell you something about Arnie Carlson. What's that? Cindy Brucato was his, I guess, spokesperson. Was that her title? Brucato. Yep. Cindy Brucato was her. Yeah, she was a she was oh, an anchor yeah, at Channel Five yep. when I worked in KSTP over there. <clears throat> so Cindy called me and said, uh, "We'd like to bring you over to the governor's residence to have dinner one night." I said, "Oh, that'd be fun. We'd love to do that." I went over there for dinner. The only person in the residence out of about 40 people who didn't talk to me was the governor, <laughs> Arnie Carlson. Yeah. Didn't come anywhere near me. Hmm. But I think that's because his former wife was in radio, and apparently oh, she didn't like the idea yeah. that I was. Oh. Yeah, Babs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't think he wanted to come near because his ex-wife would have gotten pissed off at him or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. but yeah, He's still around. You, he is 88 is years he? old. Did you ever meet oh, Wendy? He? Wendy, Wendy Anderson? Anderson? Oh, yeah, I did. I yep. He was—he was actually kind of a good guy. Oh, except for one thing, we—we oh. we get invited. Catherine and I got invited to dinner one night with Tom Brokaw. Okay. He was in town, so we get a call. Tom Brokaw. So. Uh, he was giving a talk somewhere. Now, uh, the former vice president, who was not—I don't yeah. remember what yeah, year that Fritz. was. But Fritz Mondale and his wife did not show up because he saw the seating chart and he was sitting right next to me, so he didn't come. Mm, that's weird. That's kind of clear thinking that that uh, whole yeah, group that's has. Weird. But uh, we're sitting there at the table, and there's like, I think it was like 10 people per table. There's four tables, 10 people per table. We're sitting. So I was supposed to sit right between Catherine and Wendy. Uh, not Wendy, but uh, Fritz. But, uh, Fritz Mondale, and instead I sat Catherine on my left and Tom Brokaw on my right. So that's it. Kind of worked out that way, but right in the middle of the, uh, I guess it was the appetizer. Wendy Anderson gives it the ding, 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 ding on the glass. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my date tonight. Because he had this very young woman. She was probably about 40 years younger than him. He had to show the world that a 40 year younger woman was with him, man. He was big into that women thing. That would he? be important to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, that was important. He was to him. a big hockey player too. That was the other. <laughs> he was, thing. yeah. Yep. He actually was. He messed up though by putting making himself senator. Yeah, I didn't understand why he did that. Was that for like two months or something? Yeah. Well, he was super powerful, and then he decided I'll make myself senator, and it all fell to pieces. So, at least yeah, for him, you that. know, that's how we got Boschwitz and, and Durenberger, which some people were real happy with. Didn't he make it on the cover of Time he magazine as, with the fish. Yeah, as governor? Yeah, with the fish. Yeah, with the fish. The right. Minnesota, exactly. it wasn't Miracle. It was Minnesota. Um, something. Uh, something special about Minnesota. But all in all, to tell you the truth, I've met very few, like Fritz Mondale and I never got along. That that was just the way that was. He he never cared for me, and I never cared. I didn't really ever I know never, him. I never cared for him. <laughs> but I never, I didn't ever care for him too much. He was just too much of a dink. Mm. Well, I thought one the one time I did talk to Jimmy Carter. Oh, I got the distinct impression that Jimmy was not a big fan of Fritz's either. Uh-huh. Because apparently Mondale would never stop driving them nuts. I was supposed to go see uh, Jimmy preach uh, down for Sunday school right before COVID hit, and then never Whoa. got a chance to do that. So that's too bad, you know. Yeah, no matter what his deal. By the way, they nice showed him. They showed. That's what everybody says. Yeah, and when I talked to him, the one time I talked to him, he was very, very pleasant. But 
They showed some video of him from like, I don't know, 40, what, what is that, 50 years ago now when he was president? 40, 50 years ago, whenever the hell it was. Yeah, it'd be about he right. Was a, he, he was a handsome young man, I'll tell you that. Seriously, hmm. they showed him talking about I can't remember what the hell he was talking about. It wasn't making any sense, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but, but he was a very handsome young man. I didn't huh. remember that. He um he was something. I mean, he came out of like nowhere suddenly yeah, and got did. the nomination and won, you know, after uh the the Watergate issues and you know, he got himself yeah, it was an interesting deal, but it was a lot. And it was tough for a governor to make deals with the Senate and Congress. That's a, yeah. that's almost yep. impossible. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's federal and state and all that whole deal yep. crossing paths and that. But I will tell you what, the one great thing about that was is that his brother Billy was kind of like the Billy. Frank Stallone of the Carter family. <laughs> I don't know. I'd call him Frank Stallone. He was more like a I don't know Boss Hog of the of the family. Yeah, know? he was kind of Boss Hog. Yeah, you're right about that. He had Billy Beer though. He put he out Billy, Billy Beer. beer. Yeah, yeah. Clinton had uh, a brother like that too. Who did? Uh, Clinton. Clinton had uh, what was? Oh, Clinton's yeah, Robbie brother? or uh, was, was it Robbie? Oh, it was his name. Um, what the hell was the younger Clinton's name? He was it wasn't a, George Clinton. He no, was, was Roger. Roger, Roger. That's right, Roger. Roger. Clinton. There yep. you go. Roger yep. Clinton Jr. Yep, he was another one. So they all have brothers like that, don't uh, they? Yeah, some do. I don't know that. I well, uh, Trump never really got along with any of his the rest of his family, so I don't think he no, had anybody. And Biden, I don't know, maybe probably outlived them all. So I don't know. No, yeah. Biden's got a brother. His, his brother, I think, Jim Biden's. Jim Biden. He has a brother. Jim. Yeah. Uh, James. Yeah. Yeah, James and Francis. He has two of them. Oh, okay. No, two of them. He's got Frank and, and they're Jim. Both alive. Let's see. Here. Jim is. Okay. Jim is. I know. Mm. Mo definitely. Siblings. So, it was good to hear you telling your stories about your brother today. I mean, that's always. I know that's a tough day for you, uh, that but was it was. A, the stories were really, they're good to hear. I, I love some of those stories. Him kissing his fist is still the greatest. <laughs> I will never forget. And Troy, by the way, was not a big man. Troy was, what, about 5'7", five, 5'8", five, maybe? Yeah, probably about that. 5'7", five, 5'8", five, but he was a tough little bastard, I'll tell you that. But, <laughs> but honestly, my favorite is still the very quick story here that I told on the, on the radio this morning. We're sitting at Howie's Bar in North Minneapolis at uh, West Broadway and Penn Avenue back in the old days. It became Delisi's, and now it's just empty, I think. But we're sitting at the bar, and Troy's on my left, and there's this guy on my right, and he's, you know, halfway in the bag, and he's just being a prick to me. I mean, just for no reason. He's just being a jerk, right? And I look over at Troy, and Troy's looking at me, and he knows I've had just about enough, and there's going to be a little brouhaha. So Troy, the peacemaker that he was... Stands up and grabs me and goes, Tom, let's get out of here. That guy looks really tough. <laughs> it was the greatest. We laughed like a son of a bitch. <laughs> the other guy didn't laugh too hard, but tough titty. I like that. You know what I mean? I like that story with uh, at the golf cart, the gal on the golf cart. Oh, my God. Andy, you know that story, don't you? Yep. Catherine? <laughs> yes. Well, but you can it. tell it again. I'm not telling it again, but honest to God. This woman driving a golf cart out at the links at North Fork, very pretty young woman, came, kept coming by every two holes and talking to Troy and blah, blah, blah. And finally on the 16th hole, just two holes ago, she said, well, maybe we should go to dinner sometime. And Troy said, are, are you asking me out? And she goes, I guess I am. And he goes, get in line, sister. Get in line, sister. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. Apparently you guys didn't, so let's move yeah, on, Joey. I, so. I love that one. Yeah, other than you, though, I thought I was on the KQ Morning Show. Other Nobody than responded. We've heard it. <laughs> heard it a couple times. Well, I know, but I'm talking to listeners, not well, you. Well, they're laughing because yeah. they oh. haven't heard it. The world I just can't is laughing hear them? with you. Yes. What are you, Rodney no, you, Dangerfield? You can't hear them. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you know, I, I told you it's only a one-hour show today, didn't I? <laughs> Alex would have laughed. You're going nice and early. <laughs> Alex would have laughed? I don't think so. I'm almost positive she would not have laughed She's about too busy that. fighting the wrong. The Rona. Fighting, uh, fighting the Rona. She's no longer a super family. being. Nope. Nope. I'm the only one left. Oh, no. and mom. No, me too. Yep. Hmm. No longer a what? A super, super being. being. The, the group oh, of us yeah, did not get it yet. Exposed, exposed, <laughs> exposed. And I know. I keep getting it. exposed and it never happens. Well, so you're living a happy, healthy life, Andy. Well, you're not a, you know, although Alex is not a big drinker or any of that stuff. Either. Not a big Are you kidding me? She's a booze hound. Booze hound, Alex. <laughs> Alex is in better shape than I am. But she also had to, like, go out of her way to get it, though. 
She like she yeah, literally probably. like tried. Yeah, kind of. She in a did way. because she, did. she was just like I can't take all of this quarantining anymore. Yeah, I get it and sick become to death immune. of it. There you go. Yeah. Did, did you see that that message I got on LinkedIn yesterday? No. Yeah, I sent it to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see it. I've been a fan of the morning show since 1987 and a writer in the diabetes ride the year you were hung over. See, all the good you do is just erased one time, you're hung over, and they just, that's what people remember. I love that so much. You were all hung over, but you got it. I'm not in good shape. Well, you only finished about two, three hours after Doug and me. Yeah, if you guys came out of the lake, I was going into it. That was a that was a tough ride. That was a tough ride. God, God that was fun. That was a lot of fun just watching you suffer mightily. It was yeah. great. You didn't watch much. You were gone. No, we were <laughs> so, gone. You know, I have never drank enough true. to still feel it the next day. Oh, I don't think well. I can. Ed, you've not missed anything. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. I hear Even when you great. barf. No. Well, I mean, oh, see. I get sick after such a little amount of alcohol. I just can't absorb enough. I, mean, I think well, that see, was the problem. See, I, I don't know. I, I'm, if I overdrink, I manage to barf and feel terrible for three days. So that's why I just don't through. do it. Mm. Very fun. I understand that. I understand the thinking. We should take our break because we got to start again in about five minutes because we have, of course, Kostaki oh, Economopolis. Yes, what do. do you think of that? With the action? playoffs. Oh, so much, playoffs. So much football news. Playoffs? The playoffs started? <laughs> no, yeah, they'll start next week. Oh. And it's a super. Start. There's going to be a super wild card Monday this week. A super what? wild card. Is that even more wild than a regular wild card? Well, there's never been a wild card game on, on uh, Monday. It's always been over the weekend. So this is going to be an extra game. Oh. It's going to be the greatest in the world. It's like a leap year, but for yeah, football. Because there's only one buy, buy in each uh, league. Mm. So, And tonight's the national championship. <clears throat> Uh, Alabama, Georgia, who are you going with? Alabama. Bear Bryant. I got to go with Bama. Roll Tide? You got to go with Bama. Roll I go with Tide. Bama, too. Listen to Andy, Mr. <laughs> Andy, no. Well, that's because of Johnny Barr. Though. Yeah, that's because of John Barr. <laughs> it is because of Johnny, because he went there. Oh, here's, okay, we'll close with this, because you got one minute. The Bama story? <clears throat> you got it. <laughs> Johnny Barr, our buddy, down in Florida, went to Alabama. So he had oh, his hat, his Shirts, his golf bag, his club covers, all said all said Alabama, Alabama. Everything was Alabama because he went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And on the uh, zipper part of it, where you put the tees and the balls and the glove when you're done, it just said Bama. That's Bama. all. Now he was from uh, where Tennessee originally. Uh, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't matter. He's know. a Southern boy. He's a Southern boy. Let me put it that way. So uh, he was very Southern boy. Let me put it that way. And somebody snuck in the bag room late one night and glued an O in front of Bama so it said Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It was the greatest thing. The look on his face was just he threw the bag away because when he took the O off it, it still had the markings of the O. So he just threw the bag away. <laughs> Settle down, did, pal. Did, did you hear about that time Bobby Knight threw his golf clubs in the bag into the into the lake as yep. he was leaving, and then had to go back in to get his car keys out of it? Oh God! Oh, <laughs> I have heard about that. Good. All right, we'll take a break. Be back in about five minutes with the family.